0: Welcome back to Rain On Your Parade with J.L. Covan. I am J.L. Covan, here as always with my producer, Mike. Hello, Mike. Hello, J.L. Hello, audience. How are you? Uh, let's just keep the conversation between me and the audience. I'll use you. I'll, use me as your go-between to the J- audience. The audience does not want to hear from you, and they don't want you. Don't ever look them in the eye. <laughs> okay, they're just finicky that way. Got you. There's <laughs> things that my fans don't like. Eye contact and anything I do that costs more than zero dollars. Mm. OK, just that's it's like they're gremlins. You got to know the rules before you interact with them. But it's great to be here, folks. I'm happy to be here. It's uh, as I record this, it's a super hot day in New York. Awful. Um, but uh, but we're in an air conditioned studio um, that, the, that the Lord has blessed us with. So thank you. Amen. Uh, a couple of shows to let you know about October, guys, October. It's a real October fest at JLComedy.com. Pittsburgh City Winery. October 11th. Sure, the Pittsburgh Improv, after I had to cancel my second date with them due to a shoulder surgery catastrophe, they decided not to return any more of my emails ever. So City Winery, we're happy to be at a new venue in Pittsburgh. City Winery. Catch me and Pete Dominic there. Because when you're a real star in comedy, they demand that you have a co-headliner. That's just standard industry. They're like, he's so big and famous and awesome. He's probably going to want an equal person just to keep him company. So, me and Pete Dominic, October 11th, Pittsburgh City Winery. October 20th, Flappers in Burbank, California, not Bearback, California. That's something else. Uh, two shows. So be sure not to sell either of those out, fans. Um, I'm in the small room, but together you get a medium room size audience between the two shows. So hopefully we sell those out. And then October 28th. Salt Lake City at Broovy's Cinema Pub. Because yet again, another club I've performed at declined to reply to any of my emails over the last year and a half. So we're happy to have a new sponsor in Salt Lake City, Broovy's Cinema Pub. Soon to regret booking JL Covan. So get your tickets to all those at my website and then a live episode taping of Making Podcasts Great Again, Friday, December 1st in my hometown of New York City. So get your tickets to all of those. If you live anywhere near any of those shows or plan to be near any of those shows. So that's it. Housekeeping done. Uh, please leave a five-star review, right? We're still doing that. You
1: just leave a review. I don't think the algorithm likes when we ask for five-star, but leave a review. But if you, you know, if you're feeling generous, closer to five stars than not.
0: Hmm. Okay. Sure. Everybody the way to ask for, it? if you think I'm a three-star comic, Shit all over my iTunes and give me three stars. Thanks so much, Mike. Uh no, get, leave an honest review. Leave an honest review. Um, but I assume if you leave a review, it's either gonna be one or five. Yeah. I don't probably. think people are motivated to be like mm, in the middle two, of the yeah. two stars. Yeah. Uh those are weird people, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I'm exceptionally weird,
0: yes. Um, I give three stars to this show. I'm yeah. going to take time out of my day to not say it was the worst show. I can respect somebody who gives a, an honest one star review. If they genuinely think like nobody should listen to this podcast, I'll take a one star review. Cause they feel like they're saving other people yeah. from listening to the show. <laughs> yeah. They're doing missionary work. Right. So, uh,
1: <laughs> like Oscar Schindler for podcasting.
0: Yeah. Trying to, trying to save all the, right. One more review. That yeah. could have been one more life. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anyway, good. uh, Always love when the Holocaust gets brought up early in the show. Oh, Um, you should never forget. Forget what? Zing. Anyway, guys, Kyrie Irving coming on the show later today.
1: Yeah. Uh, Tough fucking. We got him.
0: No, but you know what we're doing here. Obviously, everybody by now knows But if we have any new listeners, you're probably saying, what's with all this talk? I came here for alpha Alpha Bro Male advice. I want somebody to tell me why I'm a piece of shit and how disrespecting women and making money in real estate will make me the man I always thought I should be. And we're going to interview porn stars as well. Okay. We got to do that. Like that's, that's the algorithm loves that. Uh, or honestly, if any, if any fans of the show have big breasts and just want to sit in this chair next to me in a low cut shirt and pretend to be a porn star, that could be funny. That could be like, if we just basically do like mock episodes, um, with people who don't do what we claim they do. Yeah. Um, like me, I claim to be a comedian, but if you look at my calendar, there's barely evidence of that. Mm. So, you know, that might be a new theme. I'm also thinking about doing a Jesus 2024 podcast. This, I might have to talk to the CEOs at Slickback Studios. A Jesus 24 podcast? 2024. Like, 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 like if Jesus was podcasting today, how he would get followers. And it, like, basically it'd just be me as Jesus. As Jesus? As Jesus, but talking... Like an alpha male bro. Huh. Like, you know, how did you get your disciples? Well, I just, you know, like you got to get out there and do miracles, man. Like a dude is not going to respect you. A man is not going to respect you unless you're doing miracles. And Mary Magdalene, hottest pussy in all of Galilee. Oh God, even
1: hearing that made me cringe.
0: The du- and guess who she rolls with? Me. Okay? <laughs> me. You, you get what I'm saying, though. You it's just get- like
1: I'm cringing even <laughs> thinking about this. <laughs> the concept, it is though, though it's making me laugh, I'm kind of like Mary Magdalene's pussy. I was just like, oh, God. <laughs> that just like crosses so many wires from Sunday school in a way that of makes course, me so of course.
0: uncomfortable. <laughs> no, sure. Um, but I think there there's so much in the – like in other words, because there's been talk in conservative circles for, like among evangelicals who aren't completely evil mm. about how – you know more and more people in the republican party feel are like what's with all this like woke left stuff from jesus yeah because they're basically i've always said this far right christians in this country what they are are old testament people who don't like jews sure so they want the branding of christian they like that branding they yeah. don't want to be but they only like the stuff from the old testament the right. wrath the, the 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 like old School kind of morality, like very black and white kind of stuff. Not the lovey dovey shit that Jesus is woke ass brought in. And I just think Jesus coming back to do a podcast, even if it's just a sketch, it might not be like, I don't think I would actually have the patience nor definitely you wouldn't. I so, would not. Right. <laughs> but like one sketch. <laughs> I think one sketch as Jesus doing a podcast to appeal yeah, to like great. modern males. Yeah. You basically just take what we mock, yeah. but then me in like a, like a wig with a thorn of crowns and like a robe, mm-hmm. but just delivering like his stories in an alpha male way. Like when I said turn the other cheek, I was talking to a stripper.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. Bro,
0: <laughs> when a man, a man says, when Will Smith slapped Chris Rock, he shouldn't have turned the other cheek. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, you yeah. just flip everything that can be he funny. said. Yeah. So that, and then you have like testimonials from guys. Like I always thought Jesus was like a weak kind of cuck dude. Turns out, dude, he'll fuck you up. Yeah. Like he is (laughs) like these dudes, like with MMA training, tried to go after him. He like killed them on the spot. He just (laughs) snapped his fingers and they dropped dead. Bro has six skills. <laughs> and then, like a clip of Joe Rogan, like you ex take an excerpt of Joe Rogan talking about a different fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he's t- but you pretend. I like have he's never seen about somebody Jesus. so
1: vicious in my life. <laughs> you don't want to get in the you're, ring with that guy. You're, you're, He'll
0: kill you. You're you're t- you're, t- you're talking about an insane guy. He's an insane animal. Yeah, yeah. When he g- yeah when that's he g- great. When he, when he gets in there, when he gets in there, you see Jesus just like like. I tried to put him in a rear naked choke hold. Jesus broke his arm just by snapping his fingers. <laughs> like I would not get in there with Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so you see the humor. In, oh, in I get. it. I'm yeah, not yeah. talking about really doing an actual. I podcast, think it works as a sketch. As a sketch. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. That's that's a good sketch. We just gave it away. But yeah.
0: No, that's okay. Nobody can do it like I can do it though. That's <laughs> that's, that's right. alpha. See, you're you're missing the alpha energy. I'm now we're getting now. meta. When I put out, I'm not afraid. Yeah. To put, it's like my comedy or open source code. Yeah. Try and be me. Yeah. Try and do what I do. I just gave you the recipe and your shit's still gonna stink in the comedy kitchen. Anyway, yeah. guys, shows and uh, my al- my special tall boy is on YouTube. My uh, the album sales came in. I got my album sales results this week on Tallboy. Not good. <laughs> um let's just be let's just be frank. I have 200,000 followers on social media. <laughs> Um, I've entertained people through one of the worst years of their life, which they're always telling me about. And I'm like, Hey, why don't you throw something in the apple tip jar? <laughs> I don't know. I think 10 bucks every three years isn't so much to ask if I saved your life or yeah. made you feel joy in the depths of an apocalyptic despair. Yeah, I don't think it's too much to ask. Well, apparently, it was way too much to ask. <laughs> I don't use this, st- okay. You don't like you're not binging to stand up, I'm not into things. JL, could you stop doing things? Those aren't, that's not what I'm into, but the sales were, were awful. It still went to number one because it's very easy to go to number one, but yeah. it was.
1: Did you post that all over social media? What? That you went number
0: one? You do just to hide, you know, you just, just, just PR. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was more proud of half blackface, which never got to number one, but held on to number two for multiple days behind Gaffigan, whose hmm. album came out one day earlier. So there was no way I was going to get through him. Yeah. But I held off John Mulaney's album for a day and a half, which was released same day as mine. And Sarah Silverman's new album was released the same day as mine. Never passed me. Wow. So I outsold. So she's doing bad, huh? Yeah. No, she's, uh, (laughs) man, boy, oh boy, is Kyrie Irving wrong. (laughs) She does not run everything. That's right. (laughs) Well,
1: because she also has the misfortune of being a woman.
0: Well, a female.
1: female. We call them females. Yeah, right, right. Okay,
0: get up on your... Your lingo. All right. Um, but yeah, the sales for Tallboy were, were nothing short of catastrophic. Um, Just not that I needed the money, but you're just kind of, okay, well, with all this following and it went number one yeah. and people were, no. Um, and then I asked for reviews. Hey, if you can't, it still helps boost it if you leave a review. Let me put it to you this way. I had an album in 2012 come out. 75 reviews when I asked for reviews. Cause I know people stream, people stream the album. So I can't just expect everybody to just say, Hey, you pay for a service. You want to pay for a service? Like I can't demand that I'm more special that you buy my stuff, but reviews, anybody can leave them. 26 reviews or 27 reviews. So I'm, I have, I have one third the fan engagement that I did when I had one, one hundredth the following. Mm. That's not good. That's not you may not be picking up all the fans you want.
1: Well, I can tell you what, JL. Sounds like you're going to have way more time to focus on this podcast. I am I, I am. No,
0: no, <laughs> you know, when God when God uh when Jesus 2024 podcast closes one door and burns the house while you're behind that door yeah. to 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 ashes, a podcast door opens at Slick Back Studios. That's right. So, no, I'm very excited to put all my effort into this because if there's one thing my fans like, it's free things. Um, sometimes from me, not always from me. Sometimes I do free things and they're like pass. Yeah, and, right. You know, tall boy. This isn't free enough. No, tall boy, 22,000, 23,000 views. I see people with literally 3,000 YouTube subscribers. Oh, they're they're special in a month. Oh, 68,000 views. Yeah. like, And that's like the low end. I have 67,000 subscribers on my main channel, 23,000 views of my first comedy special. So love you guys. Thank you so much for all the support. One third of you. Uh,
1: What happened at LensCrafters?
0: Great point. Great point. Wow. And that's why he's the best in the business, folks. So I got laid off from my job a couple of months ago. It's the only thing I say more frequently than I used to be jacked. (laughs) I got laid off from my job. And the, the support, by the way, has been overwhelming from the fans.
1: They say we're so sorry to hear. Yeah, they're so
0: sorry. I mean, three dollar yeah. Patreon? No, can't do that. Buy but, your album? Absolutely not. But they're sorry. Buy tickets to your show? No, but uh, sending light and love. Yeah. I I my bank account runneth over with light and love from all my fans. <laughs> so thank you so much. <laughs> I will see if my uh, my landlord will take light and or love for rent next month. <laughs> um, so thank you once again. Just overwhelming support. Um, white nationalists have uh, make a hundred k a month on Patreon. Uh, I make almost enough to pay, uh, you know, the cable bill. Uh, so anyway, but I have an expensive cable bill. So that's a little bit of a flex. So anyway, my health insurance runs out at the end of September. I'm gonna have to take one of these junky Jersey plans. I may have to leave my, my, my primary care physician who's in New York because they don't seem to take any of these Jersey offered plans, but okay. But they, but they're good in Jersey. Jersey has very good health care, So it's like, okay, a new chapter in my life. Somebody else is going to, you know, i always thought it would be my primary care physician since I'm 22 years old, who would get the first crack at my, my ass when it's time for a colonoscopy. But alas, but no, I mean, he's like, he got me to the promised land and now doesn't get to see it. Yeah. So sad. Dr. Moses, Buckshow Walter of, uh... Oh God. Is <laughs> it sad? Yeah. Don Mattingly is, yeah. is my, is doing my colonoscopy. Um, but, I also have vision insurance. Now, the thing with vision insurance, Mike, are those real glasses or are those yes. cosmetic? Okay, so because you,
1: they are cut co- like they're i they're fashion glasses. I've got, but I need them to see. Yes,
0: yes, you're very fashionable. They but serve all- two purposes, <laughs> I guess. I, I need suppose. them to see. Yes, thank you.
1: Thank you. I have a prescription,
0: yes. <laughs> Look at you trying to segue all the things we might use as topics. Just <laughs> just no lube. No lube from producer Mike. Just like, we're going to talk fashion and lunch crafters. You're going to take it. Take it. You want to fucking talk about it? I want you to stay on topic, Because, you know, JL, you know, and this audience
1: knows that <laughs> if I wasn't in this chair, this would be a four-hour podcast of you complaining that people haven't
0: bought your album. <laughs> no it's i mean it'd be, be 6 30 we'd be sitting here and well be like, oh my it's God. true but i i will say this <laughs> i've seen some good comedy this year half blackface is the best thing out in stand-up this year period yeah. and my fans are i uh, believe you i believe you I overwhelmingly it, they're over no no tall boy is just good <laughs> tall boy is just good half blackface is a landmark yeah yeah i mean it uh it's the one time i'll get dead serious tall half blackface i will i can't even joke about yeah, it. Yeah. it's so good. Anyway, guys. So I have vision insurance and I've had vision, I had vision insurance with my law firm and it runs out, uh, September. So I never, I always went to like an optometrist, but then I was like, you know what? History glaucoma in my family. Let Mm -hmm. me, let me get to the ophthalmologist. Let me upgrade, go platinum eyeball doctor. And, uh, you know, and they tell me I have large cups in my eyes. And I think I've told you this joke before. I don't know if I've said it on the show, but. Um, you know that made me susceptible to glaucoma. My recent ophthalmologist appointment, he said, "You don't have glaucoma yet," and I was like, "Oh, thanks for the optimism." <laughs> thanks for the optimism. <laughs> <But> stay tuned. <laughs> the The eye is half filled with blue blindness. <laughs> uh, so, so it's easily treated. Uh, you know, you just get some eye drops once it starts to kick in, if it does, if it ever does. It may not, but they always tell me I have large cups that makes me susceptible. So I like to think of myself. Um, in the optimistic way of saying, I don't have large cups. It's just that my eyes have big tits. <laughs> so, uh, I went to an op- ophthalmologist two years ago and I said, oh, good. I got my vision insurance. I got like half off lenses and stuff, which can be expensive. So he says, he prescribed them to me and he said, you have a big, st- astigmatism in your left eye. So they adjusted it. I got the glasses. I'm walking outside with my new glasses going, thanks doc. And then the fucking floor, the, 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 the ground starts to rise in front of me like inception. What do you what the hell do you mean? Like I look <laughs> like is the like the I'm like in some optical illusion. I start walking like I'm stepping, like the ground is is higher than it is. So I start feeling compressed. I'm like, I was six, seven, but I now feel like one of you five five losers. <laughs> Cause I'm like, what is happening? So I was like, you got to change this. So I take them to somebody else. They change it. They lower the stigmatism. Like they they say maybe that was too much of an adjustment for you mm-hmm. since you've never had any adjustment like that. Okay, great. But wait, hold on. He he. They get they adjusted it and just gave it to you.
1: Like they didn't have you try it before. I
0: did, but the problem was like in the office, the depth. Like it didn't. Okay. It was just like oh, this is clearer. Cool. Then you get out into the wide open spaces, Dixie chicks. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like you're wobbling whoa, around. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Why is the why is the ground, am I, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I in a simulation? Am I Neo? Yeah. And so I went to get them adjusted. They down, they did it. And I once again went and said, okay, these seem good. Walked outside, terrible. But I said, okay, let me get, one of the things they tell you, you can do is get used to them. Keep wearing them. The stigma, you'll get used yeah. to them. Five days later, I had horrible vertigo and it lasted Ooh. for two days post ditching the glasses. So now I've spent two upgrades on glasses so if you're doing the math 50 percent off times two is no percent off (laughs) so thank you vision insurance but here's the kicker thank you i went in today to finally get i finally got an ophthalmologist to just be like do i need the stigmatism adjusted or can you just give me my regular prescription with these nice glasses that i picked out yeah and they said sure so they did that. So I headed over to Lens Crafters today in uh, 195 degree heat. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a little time before I had to come here. So I get into Penn Station. And of course, the Lens Crafters moved from like one block from Penn Station to like Fifth Avenue. Yeah. So I get in there. I'm sweating. It's a bunch of women looking at me like, why is this big sweaty ogre in here? And I hand them my insurance card. And I say, yes, here's the prescription. Please put those lenses in these glasses before my insurance runs out at the end of the month. And they said, "We don't. See your your health and your your vision insurance isn't coming up." So I'm sure I looked like somebody who's going to burn the store down later today. You know, there's just a look of stone where I'm going. Okay, thank you. Yeah. And they were definitely like, um, "Can we call? Can we call it a day early today?" <laughs> I think that big guy is going to destroy us all. I don't want to be in here when this place goes goes up. <laughs> um, the Lens Crafter's Massacre. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Lens. Crassacre, <laughs> New York post tomorrow, but witnesses say he was a giant. Yes. Um, so, and one person said, I think I've seen a YouTube video of his. <laughs> and so basically now I have to call tomorrow. I have to do one of my favorite things, which is call my vision insurance place Ugh. and get this straightened out and then get back to a lens crafters to get this filled But, um, and that will be my third pair of lenses with vision insurance. So, if you're doing the math, I will have spent more money. With insurance, because I was like, Well, I have insurance, so let's do this. So now I've three trips Dude, at fifty yeah, percent off. It's pointless, but at exactly
1: point, having insurance means just about nothing. It it's only good if you get like hit, god forbid, hit by a car or yeah. a comet or something. It really doesn't actually help you do anything. Well,
0: my stuff. law firm insurance was fucking gangster. Was yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, there, it's two thousand lawyers at a big firm yeah. getting insurance. It was only two, it was Aetna or United, but like massive platinum plant, you know, just like,
1: oh, dude, I haven't, I haven't had insurance that I could actually use since I, since I was on my parents' insurance. My mom has that teacher union insurance. Other than that, it's been a nightmare, man. A nightmare. These cost me so much money. I didn't, I paid out of pocket for these glasses. It was like 500 bucks.
0: Well, that's the fashion upcharge. Well, that's
1: true. Yeah. The frames alone. were The
0: vanity. We don't have vanity insurance in this country, Mike. (laughs) Well, maybe we should think about it (laughs) because we're a nation of TikTokers. So that's true. That's true. Content insurance. That's right. Uh, Why not at this point? Yeah. So LensCrafters, I thank you. I I wish I had never had vision insurance because I never would have done. First of all, my vision has not decreased. There has been no in, in the four years since I got vision insurance. Uh, it's like nothing changed, mm-hmm. except I've now just given money uselessly to, to lens crafters. So, this podcast is sponsored by Target Vision. <laughs> They're not lens crafters. <laughs> it's really not lens crafters' fault. It's iMed. iMed that's makes me of- mad. Yeah. <laughs> and that's gold, everybody. iMed is my vision insurance. And it's a nice deal if you can just get the right glasses. You know, 50% off is good Yeah, once a year. You know, you get 50% off lenses and frames or contacts, like two of the three. So that's that's a good deal. So it seemed like a good thing, but it made me... Did you ever see Kung Fu Panda, Mike?
1: Not in quite some time, but yes.
0: Okay. Well, Kung Fu Panda is my second favorite Jack Black film after School of Rock, which is a top 10 J O Covan film. Love School of Rock so much. Do you not love School of Rock?
1: I like it. That's not... I like... uh, Turns to Jack Black movies. I like Saving Silverman the best. That's my favorite. I don't know if you've ever seen that.
0: I have. It's it's not a good movie. Oh, it's so funny though, man. You don't think so? It's not a good movie. All it's right. it's it's okay. Like you're home. It's raining outside, and it comes on Comedy Central or something, and yeah, the Neil Diamond comedy. It's a star cool. making
1: performance from Jack Black. That she, turned him and that
0: he had all he had that way
1: before School of Rock.
0: Cable guy, sir. He was in Cable Guy.
1: Yeah. But
0: he wasn't a, he wasn't like a standout in cable guy. No, he wasn't. But now every time I see cable guy I go, hey. <laughs> um and High Fidelity. Yes, was he a was great role for was very good in High big Fidelity. Big role for him in High Fidelity. Yeah, very good in it. So. Um not so much saving Silverman moving on. Uh <laughs> but in in Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. They find out there's a prophecy that the bad guy, the yes. ba- the leopard will escape. Yeah. So they Double the They double the guard. But in their actions to double the guard, the they messenger create. comes, the feather falls in. That's what helps them escape. If they had never done anything, the prophecy actually wouldn't come true. But because they heard the prophecy, they take action, which leads to the prophecy. Right. That's what my vision insurance was. I'd be the same person here with hundreds more dollars in my pocket. If not for having vision insurance. And still no glasses. Still no glasses. Well, I have my, um, I have my, uh, these are from the Jared Fogle collection. <laughs> so I have these. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you do look like Jared Fogle. <laughs> well, can I tell you a sketch? <laughs> can I tell you a sketch that I'm also doing? Yeah, give it away. Go ahead. Hey, they can't do it. <laughs> this is a flex. I don't know why you think this is, this is a flex. This is, I call my shot yeah. and then I hit it out. Okay, Jared Fogo, this this is a sketch I've told, I've told my listeners about before, but you're going to hear it now. Okay. Um, I want to do a sketch where it's just a dinner party. And I have to get in a little better shape and grow my hair out. Okay. Um, which by December we can do this. And I'll be paler in December. So it'll really work. Mm-hmm. And it's a dinner party, you know, kind of like evening, evening time. And it's like clinking glasses and background music and like people are being and a woman like sees me like my character is like oh and it's you can't tell if it's a commercial or if it's a a movie preview but like they get to talking it's clearly some sort of meet cute and it's like oh wow well, and they're getting to know each other and little little clues drop like you know oh well i was you know i was uh i was away for for a while and back home finally Oh wow. Okay. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. And they share details and uh, you know, at some point she offers him like a pork product and he's like, Oh no, I actually, um, I converted to Islam recently and just little things, but you have no idea who it is yet. And they're clearly getting along famously. She's a trash. She's like, wow. You like, do you work out? And he's like, I got into, I got into the gym like, like five years ago. I just started really help me focus and help, you know, keep me out of trouble. So like, wow. Okay. Wow, I like that a big, strong guy. Very yeah. nice. And they they exchange numbers, and at the end, she goes, "I just just to be upfront, like I don't like. Well, I I'm I'm a single mom. I have I have I have two kids at home. And then you just cut to to me, and I go, like a smile, like I love kids. <laughs> and then on screen, as it fades out, it says, "Jared, Jared is out." <laughs> <That's> pretty good. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, now, now, here's the thing you're not saying, but as soon as I say it, you'll realize it, nobody's gonna get to the end,
1: no, of course not
0: like even if people are like, this is hilarious, it had to be
1: directed brilliantly,
0: right, you know, but it's like it's one of those ones that will have such a high rewatch value, yeah, so if you can get it to the fifty thousand view mark, I think then you're talking now we're gonna now it's gonna start getting a lot of rewatches. But I'm I've I've thought about that sketch for over a year. That's funny. Yeah, I love I just it's so dark. Yeah. <laughs> it's you have no it's so dark the turn it yeah, takes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, I know there were two things that were on Mike's mind today, and those were fashion and aging. Yeah. And uh, how are we doing on time? We should probably take a break. You know what, guys? That's what we call a tease. So we're going to talk about some things I hate, namely fashion and aging when we come back two and two. And we're back from break, everybody. How was your break, Mike? It was 11 minutes long. Okay. Yeah. And for (laughs) 10 minutes and 52 seconds, I was talking. That's what he's not letting you guys know. (laughs) <laughs> anyway guys fashion we were talking about this before because i was just griping about seeing older men i am i've always believed fashion for the most part is stupid do you agree mike no i don't agree at all i what a, what a blanket statement <laughs> All fashion is stupid. It's a stupid profession. It's a stupid industry.
1: What do you define as fashion? Just the industry of fashion or The
0: industry, the the ever changing. And I, I have some some I have ironclad proof. Like I'm gonna, <laughs> oh, you do? I'm huh? not <laughs> giving it to you right. You're going to hear things that are going to make you're going to have to concede some points. Because We'll see. I'm one of those we will see. I, I'm one of those people who believes there's nothing wrong with a classic suit. I don't need to just because Jeremy Piven's wearing tight Italian suits for a few seasons on Entourage that that now has to become my look. Um, I don't like the Dr. Seuss sock look. Like somebody, I feel like re- fashion is like religion for not good people. As is religion. Religion is also religion for not good people. I'm exaggerating, obviously. My point is, I grew up thinking, oh, we, you know, you you wear a navy suit, you wear a navy sock. Your socks should be like same tone or a little darker than like the clothes. Mm -hmm. Then it became this thing all of a sudden where, oh, no, socks are the new ties. Who Says who? Who said that? Somebody said that. That wasn't an epiphany on Mount Sinai that came to people. Somebody with influence just said that because they needed to move socks. And then all of a sudden socks, oh, oh, look, look, my – for a hundred years, these would have looked like children's socks, but now I'm a high-powered finance bro, and that's how you know.
1: It's a per- this is a difference in personalities. Fine, because socks are socks are they're not the new ties. Socks are all your socks are one of the places where if you wear a suit, and honestly, even somebody as conservative, you know, dress wise as sure. you. Not conservative, you know, ethically. Right. But uh, the way that you abortion is murdered <laughs>
0: The
1: way that you dress, the socks. That should be something that you feel good about, sort of using as uh like a, a a statement part of your outfit to to pop. Because because JL, you're not gonna go crazy with the shirt. You can you and you're I know you. You're not gonna go crazy with the tie either. So why not put a little pop of color in your uh in your socks? Also, now, let me wait before you. Sure. When you wear a blue suit, suit do you wear brown shoes? Yes. Okay.
0: Or or bur, I, I also have had a burgundy shoe in the past. Okay. But
1: not. Have you really? Yeah. You've had a burgundy shoe? Like a reddish?
0: Like a dark, like a, like a dark, dark, dark maroon, like okay. a burgundy.
1: Well, at least you're wearing the right shoes with a blue suit.
0: No, no. This you're not see, wearing
1: black with blue?
0: No. Okay, good. No, no, right. no. But that's that's my point is that I know I, there are classic rules that I adhere to. Yes. This. Every, but, 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 okay. Two things. Now, this is going to be a little bit of a height privilege moment. Okay. Let's hear it. Um, we've all, we all know I used to be very jacked. Now I'm just sort of a depressed slob. <laughs> Literally, you mentioned it like 15 minutes know. ago on the well, show. Well, it's a running joke, okay? <laughs> Not all of it. Some of us looked like adult versions of Matt Rife when yeah. we were younger. <laughs> Boom, we got in a Rife as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, um, when I was working at law firms and whatnot, guess what? You know, you know what made the suit? The man. That still applies. No, no, but but there was no, it. Nobody was going to be looking at my socks because they were like, my God, that giant sculpture of a man is wearing the fuck out of that suit, and it's like, yes, the end.
1: But you're so. This is this is definitely just evidence of how our minds don't think alike on this because Mm -hmm. I have seen many jacked men uh who fill out a suit nice not look good in suits cuz the suits are are bad suits well that but that's a bad suit but it does so what do you define as a bad suit and when we're talking about the socks i'm not saying that the sock has to be like a busy sock but if i'm wearing a blue suit i would like to wear some kind of complementary color with it that's i mean blue's also fine that's just kind of the safe look it's not like that looks bad but i like wearing maybe like a little cream or something that's a little pinkish.
0: If I want to take chances, okay, I'll let's... throw out I'll throw out a box of condoms. <laughs> if I want to take chances, I'll do stand-up comedy for 20 years. I don't need my for socks. 20 years. <laughs> I don't need my socks
1: <laughs> to be my risk taking. But it's not a risk. This is the thing. Why are you looking at it as a risk? It's why be- is wearing a sock with some color and a blue suit a risk?
0: No, because it's because because This is this I remember thinking. But I remember a time before we were loosey-goosey and every everything goes when there were there were sensible rules to fashion.
1: Jail. Jail, this isn't
0: loosey-goosey and everything goes. No, because, because this, this there's the a thing. Here's sock the sock thing. thing is a newer development.
1: The sock, the, the it's so funny that you look at the sock as like a like a marker for progress in and risk taking in fashion. Because I will agree with you. I as a person that really likes fashion. I've dated women in the fashion industry. I'm an admirer. Not
0: um, humble brag. <laughs> I mean, Arrogant brag.
1: Yeah, sometimes it's women in marketing or whatever. It's not like models or. or I, mean, I, I notice I have, you're not bringing like,
0: up your law firm ex who <laughs> kicked you to the curb once she passed the bar. <laughs>
1: yeah. She kicked me to the curb before she passed the bar. I found oh, that that's post. a flex.
0: She's like, I'm going to pass. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, wouldn't it be months. great if she came back and she was like, I failed? Will you just take me back? That's yeah, never going to happen. I wouldn't worry about it.
1: But. <laughs> So, so the place where I do actually agree with you, where, you know, as as in the, the conversation that we're having, where fashion can be ridiculous, there are I mean, we have certainly pushed some of the rules for men and what men wear like nice-y. Russell
0: Westbrook exhibit exhibit A through G.
1: Yeah, like I, I am still not in a place where I will wear a dress like and there are men that will do like a Harry Styles or somebody like that will do that will wear a dress to a movie premiere. And, like, that's... uh, So, like, Rick Owens is big on these sort of, like... uh, He makes, like, men's skirts and, like, stuff like that. And, you know, that I can understand being sort of an extremist view of fashion that you're just... Like, you just are never going to be comfortable with. Because I can't see myself ever getting to that point either. It's To me, it's not wearing, like, a cream sock with maybe a polka dot or something. That's where I look at it as, like... And it's, it's just so funny to me that you look at it as a risk, that you look at it and you're like, if I'm going to take a risk, I'm going to do something else. But it's just wearing a sock. Sure. How, am I wrong? Am I no, crazy you're, you're here? No, you're
0: simplifying what I'm saying, but it's it's, it's the lie. Now, as an observer and hater of culture, <laughs> 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 I, <laughs> I have seen this change. And to me, what's so baffling about it Is the lockstep change that they, because fashion to me, it's like, it's like the joke on South park with the goth kids. Yeah. We're individuals and it's like five of them doing the exact same thing. And when I watch like, Oh yeah, I love a good sock. And it's like, but I look and I go, but you're all doing it now. Like you're all in lockstep. And, and my example, my biggest example, because we've, we've beaten up on the fellas a little bit. I want to take the women to task. Okay. Yeah. They deserve it. My favorite example of this is you know those gladiator sandals yeah the ugliest, maybe the ugliest sh- no 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 not birkenstocks literally the ones that like they leather up to the knee oh yes yes,
1: yeah, yes
0: yeah. those i remembered having many conversations with women when those were like sparsely noticed and universally Ugh, oh my god those are so fucking ugly Oh my God. I, I've never had a conversation with anybody who knows those shoes and doesn't think they're the one of the most hideous things ever. Yeah. But one summer, several years ago, all over the place, everywhere, not on everyone, but like all of a sudden it was like, I, I you know, it, they were the target bag, the, tar- the target uh, reusable shopping bag yeah. of their time. And I just thought, so somebody put out a memo or somebody famous decided they were okay. Or Anna Wintour wrote an editorial. And then all of a sudden, they went from ugly to like must have, and that's what I see with that. It's it's a very, it's like, it's the group think masquerading as a chance to show your individuality. Whereas my thing is like the suit works, the the, the these these work these classic looks work. So why, why the rush to be and then to be like everyone? If it was like a couple of people doing it i'd be like well they're making a statement they're doing their thing but it's like it so quickly becomes the the doctrine now it's like if you're not wearing doctor seuss socks you're you're messing up the fashion game but jl you yeah. you wearing a
1: suit to work every day and enjoying wearing a suit to work every day at a place where everybody else also wears a suit to work every day is also groupthink is it not well, no, it's a requirement of the job. It's, yeah, but all right. If you, the way that you were speaking to me before about it and with such reverence mm-hmm. leads me to believe that you would do it if it wasn't a requirement anyway. I'm all I I good in
0: a suit, bro.
1: Okay. <laughs> so you want your, your answer to this is that you want other people to dress like
0: you. They can't. Now I'm going to turn on Alpha Male bro podcaster. They can try, but they can't. But it's, logically,
1: this it's the same thing, is it not? I mean I fashion sh- fashion is an attempt to break out of the groupthink. It might in turn become secular and become groupthink. Okay. But wearing those different socks is a way to break away from your normal rules, your atypical rules of wearing a blue suit with blue socks and brown shoes. And sometimes it fucks up, and it's not good. Yeah, not all fashion is good. In fact, mo- much of it is bad. But that's just because a lot of people have bad
0: taste. So I've already gotten you to much of it is bad. So I feel like that's already that's already concession well, to me. I think, me. <laughs> I, I, think you're,
1: I think that like high fashion, there's a lot of is Yeah, is Zoolander a of, captured
0: it. I mean, like yeah. leaked.
1: I mean it's it's its own world of art, and I think if you're like heavily entrenched in that world and you're a designer, like. It's more interesting artistically to take chances and try to just try to, you know, do something different. And I understand that and respect that as an art form. But I don't think that I don't think that most people have a need to wear that type of clothing in everyday life. It's just impractical in a way that's like silly, you know, but I don't I I mean, my (laughs) you draw the line at socks and I draw the line at like, you know. Uh, leather skirt, goofy, for men. Goofy couture. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, exactly. I often,
0: during the winter, I often get on stage in like a big flannel shirt and yeah. I go, I'm wearing the Suge Knight winter collection. <laughs> that always gets a laugh from people who know, <laughs> which is 10% of the audience. Yeah, yeah. That's the part I don't share. But yes. um, I just, it's fashion, it's, it's, there is something, you know, like, like, like pants, just let's go pants. Like, Okay. we go through these phases. It, it, that's what it, it almost feels like a game, not a chance. It's almost like a, a whack-a-mole game where it's like, oh my God, you're wearing high waters? Gross. And then all of a sudden, like 15 years later, it's like, oh no, that's the look now. Oh, I have high waters, yeah. I know you do. I've yeah. seen the pictures. <laughs> and I, this might shock you. I basically have dressed the same way my entire life. Oh,
1: am I shocked? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've seen you wear, you know, it's funny every time I go through the footage of this show and I try to categorize it, I go, was he wearing? That's not a different shirt, is it? And it is. But it's only different by like
0: <laughs> like one stripe,
1: one blue stripe on the shirt. Well, it's that, like, oh, you so this is a different footage because the blue stripe is here. And so one
0: thing, <laughs> though, that I have to say is that's my wardrobe right now is more limited than it will be when we're doing this podcast five months from now. Well, cause it's I'm coming 100 off a hundred degrees, but not just oh. that I am in my, I, I only have a, a select group of clothing that works right now yeah. for fat me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now that I'm getting back to the gym, finally, it's like, I don't like to buy clothes for like temporary phases. Yeah. You know, I, I, like if it was mater- maternity clothes obviously are an exception to this rule. Yes. Right. But, Other than that, I'm like, well, if I'm if I have enough to wear and I'm going to be 40 pounds lighter in five months, why go get more stuff? But
1: it's also, as we both are aware, it's a lifetime of telling yourself you're going to be 40 pounds. Not you. all both of us people, because I'm doing that, too. I constantly I'm like. And like trying to fit in the clothes that I used to fit into at the beginning of the year. And I'm like, six weeks from now, come on. And then six weeks are all around. And I'm like, I'm like, oh,
0: it fits worse than it did. <laughs> no. And, and, what and, happened? Wait a minute. <laughs> but for me, I think I I was that guy who was always saying that for a decade. Yeah. But in 2021, I did it. Oh, I know. I, like, And that great. that's what's like unfortunate is that it's like, oh, shit. Like, I mean, Laura was always saying to me, like, you keep saying that. You keep saying that. But then I did it. Yeah. And she never like, she never gave me like a, oh, a you pound? Did it. Yeah. She was just like,
1: <laughs> hmm. yeah,
0: it's very low key.
1: Well, this is the thing. And aging was the other thing that we were going to talk about. Obviously. I'm not done talking
0: fashion. Okay. Keep going then. No, I, I'll let you do your little segue, segue producer magic soon. But <laughs> it's, I'm one of, the, I think I'm one of those people, obviously, that just thinks risks with fashion are dumb. That's it. I just, I can't be, I can't be more. I know that's blunt, but like. It's just a, it's
1: we're not defining what a risk is. And I think that's the thing.
0: Are socks the risk? Socks are a gateway. They're a gateway <laughs> drug. Because you start thinking you're bold or expressing yourself. That's okay. where it starts. You, st- you start to think, Oh, I'm not wearing goofy socks. And then socks. they're dancing. I'm exp- exactly. And we don't not in my town. Um and it's it's not a big deal, but it's to me what's so funny about it is there might have been, you know, I don't know if it's media or social media or whatever, but there there could be a time where somebody had a look. Mm-hmm. You know? And you're like, "Wow, that's kind of a bold look." But things become so quickly I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do it. It's a kind of a kind of a, a precursor to the kind of TikTok copycat culture. But I, you know, even me when I see guys like 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 a Johnny Depp, okay? Yep. Laura's favorite man on earth. Interesting. Still. Wow. Because um, now she almost has sympathy for him because he's not as good looking as he was. So it's more like you're seeing. It's the way you'd feel so they, watching your favorite athlete have one more good season, yeah, yeah, even right. though he's, oh, he only the hit 280, but man, he gave it everything he has. <laughs> yeah. But I look at him and I Amber go. Amber Heard
1: Did, didn't deter her at all?
0: Um, I think she's like May, Amber. The trial? Deterred. Yeah. Uh, no, not really. Okay. She, she's just, she's a, she's a depth. Uh, a stan? A depth stain. Yeah. Okay. A depth stain. Um, (laughs) But his look, I always say, yeah, that's a choice. He's making a choice. And there's plenty of dudes who rock the, I got eight rings. He looks horrible. Three chains and tats. And and tattoos are another, we could have another full episode on tattoos and we might. We should. Uh, (laughs) Mike just gave me the, we should, but for God's sakes, not now. (laughs) And- but he's got a look, and it's dumb.
1: It's very dumb. He, he, but that's what I'm saying. Like, he's famous, uh, and he is good-looking, but he has horrible taste. And that's, like, a different so, thing.
0: Mike, can I ask you a question? Should I go out today with seven rings or <laughs> nine rings? I'm feeling today might be a six scarf day, but why don't we go crazy and go nine scarves? Amber, I'm thinking... Tinted sunglasses with thumb rings today. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) But it's a process and, and Carolla used to talk about this, but it is a process where you do wonder, like I saw a guy wearing like nine rings the other day and I was like, you had to put those on. Like you had to like be like, well, it's it's time for the rings. And I think it's all like, I think there, and I, I give a lot more leeway whether this is sexist or patriarchal or just I've been conditioned this way for women to take more chances and be bolder or more unique with their look. I think, whereas I think fashion wise, I'll, I'll admit to my own prejudice a little bit. I feel like men are the car and women are the Mercedes symbol. When it comes to a look, a fashion, kind,
1: it's like, you think so? You think the woman is part of the look for men?
0: Or women, if they so do vi- that.
1: Vice versa. You think the arm candy.
0: No, no, is- but I'm not saying arm candy. It's almost like the way you might fashion wise, like a man in a suit. But then that tie and those socks are where the pop happens. That's the Yeah. I'm more of a I'm in my suit and, and the lady can be the flare.
1: She how can do you take feel- more
0: chances. She can do so. How
1: do you feel about jewelry? Like a watch specifically. You care about watches? I
0: have a nice watch. I think the people, the, the whole watch culture I'm is a watch guy, big time. Is is more disgusting than sneaker culture oh, to no, me. No,
1: no, 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 no. Why? Why? Tell me why.
0: Get a nice watch and it tells time.
1: But it's it's about more than that. It's a there's no a but status. That's,
0: exactly. Yes. See that, and that's. That's not me. Ma- like, what if I if I found a night a watch that looked good on me that cost a hundred dollars? The 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 eight thousand dollar watch people would be like, psh, psh. no. You can have <laughs> you can have
1: nice watches that are not necessarily that expensive. Although I mean, like it's you know, a Rolex speaks for itself. I think,
0: but I don't. That, and that's and that's I think that gets to my core. Yeah, which is. I speak for me, motherfucker. Oh. Like, I speak you for want me. The,
1: you want a world of individuals, JL. But unfortunately, <laughs> someone's got to be the sheep.
0: Let's be serious. <laughs>
1: Isn't that the root of the problem here? <laughs>
0: Isn't that the reason this podcast exists? But that's, but that like, <laughs> when I, like, the watch guys, I hate the watch guy. I don't mind somebody who likes a watch, but when it becomes, like, Because it's not about you for you, which is – if you want to make the argument – see, because you're making kind of conflicting arguments against me, which is if you do – you're doing this for you, like the socks, the tie, the – maybe a different look is like you want to express yourself. But then that might be an express yourself for me. Yeah. Whereas a watch is like I want to express myself so that people think I'm – like – but that's not kind of an internal expression. That's a, I want validation. I could argue that- bet- Fashion, if you want to say fashion's about speaking out or making your individual choice and your individual sort of voice known or style, fine. That argument, but that conflicts with the, I also want this stuff so people know I'm a fucking boss. Well, I think
1: designing clothing is is like a real source of expression if you do it at oh, a yeah. level that's not like, here's a t-shirt with words on it. You know. Oh,
0: by the way, I have a tip of the hat that I have to, you know, I, I don't often do this, but yeah. Um, with an ex who was a big project runway fan, mm-hmm. um, the same ex that, that, uh, led me to Garden beer and crumbs cupcakes. Mm. So just a couple of, you know, other, other than that apocalyptic, <laughs> but there were moments, um, <laughs> can't forget crumbs. And she was big on saying, um, you know, one of her things was to see what, what, uh, what, what, what shoes and what watch or what belt and what watch a man had. And I yeah. said, yeah, this is probably not going to work out. If you have like a scouting report, if you have a scouting report for men, like what you check for before you get to, it's like, okay, good. Good for you.
1: I I agree with her a hundred percent, a hundred percent, 100%. And I I think here's the thing, JL, people that think like me. So I have this, there is this story uh, when I worked in Disney world, I'll make this very short When I worked in Disney World for six months in the uh, in the college program, I had this big uh, I got into a fight with with one of the bus drivers who was supposed to take me to my shift. And he kicked me off the bus and I was maybe they should fear you. (laughs) (laughs) He uh, uh, I I was late to work because of these guys and I needed them. uh, I was really mad at them and I was trying to figure out like um, a way to get to work. And the, the like the boss of the bus depot comes out and he starts like he I was like twenty two. He was trying to intimidate me, but he was dressed like shit. And because he was dressed bad, he was wearing like a Van Heusen tie and like like bad pants and bad shoes. Like he just looked like a mess when he came out to try to intimidate me. I got I remember telling him. And I was pissed, but I was like, I need to talk to an important man. And the way you're dressed, you are not an important man. Please bring me somebody to talk to. And the guy like walked away. And I eventually got an Escalade that that brought me to my shift that day. I'm sorry.
0: Are, are <laughs> we doing an alpha male bro podcast no, right now? I'm, saying, I'm <laughs> saying that
1: I wasn't intimidated by this person because he was dressed badly. And if that guy had come and postured at me and he looked like he kind of like had his shit together. A lot of that comes from dressing. Uh, I absolutely would not have done that. I would have been like. B- but, sir, you don't understand. I would have, like, groveled, whereas I took this person to task because I looked at his belt and his shoes and his watch, and I was just like, this is not an important person. So far and if he ahead.
0: was a six-seven Adonis who just sort of, whatever he wore, hung on him like it was meant to be, would you look down on that person? Or would you say, this is an important, this is an intimidating, important human being?
1: Well, it's hard to it's hard to say, JL, because you are not a stupid man, and I it's hard to place you in a suit in Florida, uh, in a bus depot. It's really hard to think like that, and I know that you're a smart guy, so it's a different level of intimidation because I'm personally intimidated by people that I think are as smart or smarter than me in situations, and obviously, like you, fit that bill. So it's. That's part of the, okay. the thing. But I, f- I do feel like like I have the way that I'm wired and maybe it's because of like in the Italian culture, like dressing is a very important thing. Sure. Uh, I just uh, I can't really put. There's a certain level of respect that I can't reach with another man that is not dressed like consistently very well.
0: Guys, I hope you realize this winter I'm going to be coming in here in a suit.
1: I hope you do. I'm going to... You got to... I mean, once it's not 95 degrees out, the Armani's coming out over here. I'm telling you. I'm going to look like Pat Riley in this chair.
0: All right. It's fair just, enough.
1: It's 100 degrees out today, so I had to wear a hat and a, and a T-shirt. And
0: I'm, and I'm going to be uh, the other coach that uh, gets fired on winning time. <laughs> Paul Westhead. Paul Westhead, yeah. Uh, so, obviously, we're not going to agree here. Um, I just... Fashion to me has just always been <laughs> an irritant, but I was going to say Project Runway. I saw the one episode, the one season I watched, kind of under obligation, but I still kind of enjoyed it. Christian Siriano, yeah. who's a big time guy,
1: yeah, that's the but uh, that's what he hot ma- mess guy. He like he, he uh, was
0: made on that show, yeah. And I watched him, and I was like, I actually the stuff he made was like no. I want to say normal, but like within the bounds of normal. Yeah. And I saw that he had to do all the stuff, you know, they all had to like have the physical skills. So it's almost like, I want to say that, that some of the people who work in this field are talented and creative and have amazing skill sets. Um, but just like, You can watch a comedian like Sebastian Mascalco and think he's weaving great pictures up there and then look out at all the people who love him and go, what a bunch of fucking idiots.
1: And you (laughs) don't don't like the tastemaker aspect of of this. You don't like the fact that somebody says I feel
0: like Emperor's New Clothes is the most as much as that's a fable about other things and authority and whatnot. It's. It reminds me, I take it literally sometimes too, as a, as a story about the ridiculousness of fashion, like he's naked and people are like, wow, yes, yes. And you know, did I like it when, when a non-crazy Rose McGowan showed up to the MTV awards with Marilyn Manson wearing string? (laughs) Sure. I I guess the (laughs) 20 year old me was like, well, fashion's not so bad.
1: (laughs) I I like that
0: look. Yeah. That's, that's it. Boy, she, I mean, as anybody, I, I say this as a man who's in a downturn. I don't know if there's ever been a, I mean, Kathleen Turner comes to mind, Kelly McGillis. But Rose McGowan, that, I mean, from a peak, from from like a. Well, who wait, who's
1: the one from. Um, she was
0: like the Larry Bird to, to Alyssa Milano's Magic Johnson. And now all of a sudden she is roughed up. Yeah. Who's the
1: one from The Shining? Was it Shelly Duvall? Yes. That, that's a fall from grace, too. Not Wh- that Shelly Duvall was like,
0: Where was her great? No offense, Shelly. If you listen to the podcast, it's not what quite
1: was- Rose McGowan, but I think the fall was harder.
0: I, I don't know what all I know is the floor. <laughs> I don't know what period you're referencing. Have you seen the
1: the, the new floor? The recent floor? We'll, 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 off mic, we'll do it. Well, she's I'll show you. uh.
0: I mean when you when your ceiling is olive oil. <laughs> I don't know where like the shining in olive oil like that's no no no. Hey, come here. <laughs> I guess that was
1: hot showing to all. I don't I don't know. I'm not going to hurt you. <laughs> I'm just going to bash your
0: fucking brains in. That's actually how I try to get booked at clubs. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So uh, fashion, dumb. I think we've, uh, we all agree on that. Um, I look forward to your fashionable t-shirts. I'll be wearing like arm hugging lands End polos Mm -hmm. uh, that will, that will wow the people because it's the man maketh the clothes. Yeah. And I think you seem to come from the man and clothes equally important. (laughs) I'm more of a man makes, makes the outfit. Yeah. Okay. That's how I live. Anyway, we're going to take one more quick break and then we'll come back with the uh, little comedy segment. And then uh, that's it for this week. So hold on, everybody. We'll be right back. And we're back, everybody, for everybody's third favorite segment of the three-segment show, Comedy Takes from JL. The first one uh, before we get to my special review. Not mine. We all know. Half blackface is a masterpiece, <laughs> but um, the punchdown of the week—the punchdown where a fan or friend or stranger uh, just decides that a joke I posted needs something extra—and it's always not good. So I posted this on uh, Facebook or Meta World Peace, and do you know the soccer coach, the soccer like leader in Spain? He's not the coach, but the guy who's like the leader of the federation or whatever. Well, who, the guy that got fired. No, the coach got fired. Oh. The guy who did the kiss is still is still like suspended, oh, but no. not fired. Have you seen the kiss? No. It was. I got to be honest. Hey, a woman's bodily autonomy is her autonomy. I'm not saying anything about that. But but what I expected, <laughs> what I expected when I heard the story was like some lecherous Spaniard, like just fucking tonguing her and be yeah. like, "We won, woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You will give me a kiss." See yeah, the list? yeah, yeah, the yeah list. I, I got you. Um Congratulations Barcelona.
1: Lecherous Spaniard.
0: Yeah, like a real <laughs> swarthy thing. You know, it's 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 not rape unless she's dead. Kind yeah. of kind of your ancient Euro attitude. Yeah. It was like he 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 hugged and he looked at her and he just gave her like a peck, like a strong, but it was like there was no element of romance or like t- it just I was expecting something. Stronger. Mm-hmm. Once again, not okay, yeah. but it really, if you want, if you see the kids, it's really just not what I was expecting. It was like for this, this big a deal, I expected something far more strong, yeah. which made me post this on Facebook. My, oh, and it went away. <laughs> My take on the Spanish soccer kiss. Adrian Brody definitely picked the right arrow to flat out mouth assault Halle Berry. So you know what I'm referencing. When he won the yeah, Oscar in 02, the he grabbed the world's most beautiful woman in her prime. And I mean, if that had happened, that would never happen post Me Too, but he'd be done. Yeah. And it, if you look back on it, it there's some party that's like, oh, that's like, oh, just swashbuckling. But, but it was like, she looked stunned. She yeah, didn't yeah. look like this was funny. He like grabbed Halle Berry and like kissed her deeply. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was expecting. Something more on par with that, yeah. Than what what I saw, which was like one twentieth, is is how I describe. But somebody punched it up for me. Could have been worse. Thankfully, he's a soccer player, so he couldn't use his hands. Blocked. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, a hands soccer joke. Oh
1: boy! I tell you, I tell you,
0: <laughs> <laughs> could have been worse. And I, I wanted to be. It could have also been worse. He could have finger banged her. Yeah. Like, let's just keep this becoming worse and worse right. and not funny. Right. Um. Anyway, uh, prayers up for that soccer guy. You're not on camera, Mike, but I, you're you're giving a wild thumbs up <laughs> in agreement. <laughs> but now I want to talk about one special I saw before I get out of here. I'm on a time crunch, which uh, I've violated severely. Um, but I saw Tracy Morgan's new special and it was called what again? I keep purging it from my mind. Uh,
1: it was called, uh,
0: I'm taking it too far. Taking it too far. Yeah. I'm taking it too far. I don't give a fuck. Let me tell you something. Congratulations for him on all his success, both on 30 rock and in courts of law. But there's, to me, there's nothing worse. I've never been a fan of Tracy Morgan's stand-up. You know, there's been things he's done that I've liked. And I've always said this, like I'm not the biggest Kevin Hart fan as a stand-up, but I wouldn't say that to Kevin Hart because I like his movies. I've liked several of his movies. So there's no point in being like, it's like when people, I'm sensitive to that because people will be like, I'll put out a stand-up thing or an impression. They'll go, I like your Trump. It's amazing. I'm not so sure about this. And I go, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. At least as a thank you for the things you do like, maybe you couldn't like get in my face about the things you don't like. How about that? If you're not going to buy anything, how about you just shut the fuck up? Yeah. I'll take that. I take I take dollars, crypto, and shutting the fuck up as forms of payment. <laughs> but, but, but the Tracy Morgan special, I was like, I feel like I've never been a big fan of his stand-up. And raunchy age is bad. Take it from somebody who's seen Andrew Dice Clay twice recently against my will. He opened for Guns N' Roses <laughs> and for Bill Burr. He opened for Guns N' Roses? Yes, because he actually opened for them, I guess, like at the peak of his powers in like yeah. the early 90s. And when they were at the peak of their powers, I think he came out and probably just like, you know, f- raw dogged a fan yeah. like on stage. And was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. being famous is awesome. <laughs> I took this slut from the front row and I came and I a <laughs> Welcome to the jungle. Yeah, what yeah, <laughs> like yeah. the worst. Yeah. And then he went in front of Burr. <laughs> he went in front of Burr and Burr. I think he's like an idol of Bill Burr. Yes. Just at the right time, the right age. Fine. Yes. I respect that. That's Bill. Burr. I love Bill Burr's comedy. That's if he, he can, he doesn't have to have the same idols as me. Hey, if Chris Rock, if I became a huge sensation and Chris Rock was willing to open for me at the garden in 10 years, Maybe it wouldn't have aged well, but I'd still be like, "Absolute! I mean, what a dream come true!" Yeah. And then he opened for Guns N' Roses, and he workshopped the jokes a little bit. I give him credit. Um, but I just find his his shtick uh, alarmingly uh, embarrassing. So I'm walking in the elevator, and we got this Corona COVID. And I'm in the elevator standing on a standing on a circle because they don't want you to get close to them. Fuck you, bitch. I'll <laughs> fuck you in the corner of the elevator. Take COVID and come. Oh! <laughs> so my point in illustrating that is raunch ages the worst. Yeah. Um, it's a young man's game for awful people. Yeah. Raunchy comedy is for young people who are not good people. Yeah. And seeing an aging, so watching Tracy Morgan, it was like, it was like, I I watched it out of curiosity, but I was like, this just doesn't, it's, you're always going to be able to fill a room. You're a famous person that people really like your work, but boy, was this, uh, um, I'm taking it too far. I took it too far when I got to like minute 10 of 50 and I watched the whole thing and I was just like, I don't. I'm glad that I'm still, now I'm 44, but I feel like a silver lining to not having the success I want is that I keep having to be hungry and keep having to like find new things, whether it's, you know, wearing funny socks or writing great jokes. I have to find a way to express myself. <laughs> so I like that my best, my best album came out in my 20th year doing stand
1: mm-hmm.
0: Um, That will not always be the case. There will reach a point where I am so culturally out of it or irrelevant that I just won't be able to keep making things that will appeal to people. Even great comedy fans who are younger. It just won't at some point. But I'm not there yet. But when I watch specials like this, I'm like, you're there. I know, the, but you're never ever going to know because there will always be people willing to buy tickets to a famous guy and just bask in the fame. Mm. But man, it was not, and, and the better stuff, the raunchier it was, I thought the worse it was. So that it was kind of like, uh, you know, if I were advising you, I'd be like, oh, why don't you stay away from that stuff. Keep developing that other stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, it's also like stand up aside. It's like if you watch some of those movies from the 80s, you go back and watch like Porky's. You're just kind of like, what? This was like a like an iconic comedy. Why? Doesn't right. really make a lot of sense. Just like a raunch fest.
0: Yeah, I never watched you know? Porky's. Um, I don't even really remember.
1: I remember watching it and it's a lot of just like guys looking at, Girls through like a shower. Remember a when shower? it was
0: yeah. the 80s yeah. and we could just watch a woman shower? Yeah. Oh! <laughs> now they're like, Excuse me, I'm trying to get clean. Well, I'm going to give you some more shit on your face to clean off, bitch. Oh! And 40,000 people at MetLife are like, Yeah, Dice! Face yeah. Raper, DICE, DICE, bro! DICE, DICE, go, DICE. go, go! Dice, <laughs> dice, dice, dice. Like, I got it's my like my tongue a- up this chick's ass. Is this, am I watching a comedy show or the final scene of The Accused, the the, the pinball machine scene in The Accused? What are we doing here? Oh! It's wild. wild. This chick didn't give me consent, so I (laughs) took it. Is that a confession, sir, or a stand-up routine? You ever see a chick who's like, a, Oh no. He loves talking about how sexual women are now back in my day. they used to, But now a woman's fucking up. There's like a porn star on my dick. I don't know what's going on. It's, it's uh, as you can imagine, great comedy. Um, but yeah, dice, dice. Um, congratulations on all your inexplicable success. Tracy Morgan, congratulations on 30 rock and your lawsuit. Um, but I don't think I'll ever be watching any more uh any more stand-up from either of those characters. Dice, dice, dice,
1: yeah. dice, dice,
0: dice, dice. It's it is pretty
1: amazing. People just like go to a comedy show and just cheer his name. I where else have you
0: seen that? And he's in a right moment though, because it's kind of a oh, he's he's the he's the most anti-woke. Oh yeah. He represents a pure time of comedy where yeah. you could just talk about jizzing in a girl's hair <laughs> yeah. and it was just good fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: yeah. I mean, the one joke I will give him his credit. The one joke I like from him. So I'm with this chick and she's under the table blowing me. <laughs> or does he say, I may have already screwed it up. Oh no. He goes, the chick is bu- this. So anyway, this chick is blowing me. Right. And then she looks up at me and says, don't get it in my hair. And I said, what are you doing? We're in a nice restaurant.
1: (laughs) 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 Yeah, I mean, I laughed
0: at that (laughs) because it was misdirection. It was raunchy, but the real joke was the misdirection. But there's plenty of people, as you know. You know, I remember hearing Anthony Jesson like either write or, or saying, like, I don't like most of my fans. Yeah. I don't like them. They come up to me and they're like, hey, Anthony. I like that joke when you murdered your family. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't do that. But, but like, there's comics like that that are great comics. Yeah. But who bring in du- like dummies? Yeah. They just get caught up in the vulgarity, so they like that. So, so dice the joke there is the misdirection. But, but to everybody else, it's like he said, "Come." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so on that note, he said, "Come." Final, <laughs> famous last words. Thank you for listening to this up and down raunch fest of a podcast. People, go get yourself some plain socks, go to the gym, work out, get a nicer brand of suit. That's the way to be fashionable in the rain on your parade world. So thank you for listening. Give us five stars or give us a review, whatever, whatever you choose, and go buy something I've done. Please, I beg you. So thank you, and uh, we will see you next Thursday.